0: Welcome to The New Neighborhood. We are excited to highlight innovative early childhood work taking place in communities across the country. In each episode, we'll be talking
1: to people who are reinforcing a sense of community, supporting young children and their families, and focusing on equity right from the start to create a generation where all children and their families thrive. I'm
0: Kaylin O'Connor. And I'm Sanaa Sharif. And we are your co-hosts for the second season of The New Neighborhood. I'm coming to you from the lands of the Eastern Band of the Cherokee, the Kohari and the Kiawi tribes. And I'm coming to
1: you from the lands of the Ho-Chunk Nation and what is now called Madison, Wisconsin, and
0: historically called Digital, or the land of Four Lakes. Thank you, Caitlin. We are excited to welcome our guest today, Zach Ben. Zach is a father, a social entrepreneur, and an apprentice medicine man in the Navajo Nation. Wow. Zach. Please tell us about yourself and the work you're doing to support early childhood in your nation and beyond.
2: Hi, good morning. Thank you, Sana and Kaelin. Uh, my name is Zachariah ben Ya. Uh, hello in, in our language of the Navajo people. I am from Shiprock, New Mexico, which is the homelands of my Diné people that resides on the Navajo Nation. I am a father. I am an artist and also a farmer. And for myself, being able to uh, use all of those roles and uh, coordinating them, tying them together, braiding them together and creating initiatives within my community that will advocate for fathers, uh, new fathers, uh, tribal communities and tribal issues. Thank you for having me.
1: So Zach, I know that you have started a baby food company And I'm hoping you can tell us about the company itself and the significance of the foods that you grow and sell.
2: Yes, thank you. Um, I think something we really strive to create was a product that uh, was baby-friendly. Something that, especially not only just being baby-friendly, but something that is produced by our own lands, produced by our own natural resources. And when my wife and I had our son, um, just over a year ago now, he is now 15 months, um, but he, you know, we we went to IHS, which is the Indian Health Service, and realized that we didn't have access, the food access to traditional baby food. Um, and so we thought as farmers, you know, we should be able to make this baby food for our son. And we put our brains together and decided, wow, you know, that is a good idea. Why don't we do that? So we Went through this added value process of turning Navajo Indian white corn, steaming that underground traditionally using a uh, earthen oven, and uh, we take that out of the pit and then we uh, dehydrate that, and that's the added value process to make dried Navajo steamed corn. So we added another value to that by um, simply milling that down and making it into very fine grits, which can be an a safe introductory food for. Babies that are um, being introduced to solid foods. So that's where the idea of bitty baby foods comes in. And that's uh, I think it's just something for, for us again as parents and providers, we decided that you know we wanted to share that product for the rest of our communities on an allo nation. So as bitty baby foods, we envision a community where traditional Indigenous foods are plentiful and accessible in early childhood and beyond. So also, you know, our, our mission is to reconnect indigenous families with our long-standing relationship between earth and parenting. We believe that there is a direct connection between nurturing the land and nurturing our children. By understanding how to grow traditional crops and preparing them for young children, we are actively dismantling systems of oppression and rebuilding indigenous food waste. That is the mission and vision of Biddy Baby Foods.
1: That's great. Do you sell those foods only within your reservation or are they available other places as well?
2: We have an online store and we have an Instagram uh, at Biddy Baby Foods, B-I-D-I-I, Baby Foods. Uh, Biddy in Navajo is like always hungry, always snacking. So if you see that one person always going for seconds or thirds, you're like, oh, why are you so biddy? So that's where our inspiration came from. Our business name, but you know, being able to market it everywhere across the board because um, we are actually the first line of traditional indigenous-produced uh, baby food um, in, in North America and on our tribe. And so, when we looked and did our research into other tribes and other nations, we realized, like, oh, you know, we're the only line of on that. But you know, this is something that can be very important for our communities. And so this is the reason why we are sharing it for all communities. And then we just recently got uh, set up an online uh, webpage, that's uh, bittybabyfoods.org. Uh, and again, that's to increase the awareness of food education, uh, food nutrition, maternal health, and how that ties into your, from prenatally to three, how much of a strong, crucial time uh, that is for your child in their, their developmental stages. And food access is being able to provide that nutrition to them. And that's something, again, we're using our our own natural resources at home in order to um, provide that nutrition for all communities.
1: That's great. And we'll be sure to put that website and Instagram in the show notes.
0: Yeah, that's pretty dynamic, Zach. Um, The outreach is limitless is what it sounds like. We'd also love to hear more about your nonprofit work with the Ben Initiative. What does Ben stand for, and what is the initiative doing?
2: So Ben is an acronym. It is Birth, Environment, and Nutrition. Uh, That initiative focuses, and this is the reason why we title ourselves as entrepreneurship rather than um, an individual. And so, for us, you know, we we immediately, we don't want to create this business, this LLC of, of Bitty Baby Foods and create it just purely off of profit, you know, and, and, and having that capitalistic mindset um, established and saying, oh, if we can yield this much, well, we can make put this much in the bank. You know, we wanted that those resources, that type of funding to go back into our communities. How can we provide that when we're just a, a small family business on the Navajo Nation? So for us, we want it to be versatile in, in all sectors. And that was creating a 501c3, the Ben Initiative, which will allow us to apply for grants, to apply for that funding and those, and, and to be that resource for the community rather than just, uh, you know, and this is something that comes out of, you know, we're, we're all about action and words, putting, you know, money where our mouth is um, in some instances to putting resources in our communities by, uh, again, by creating this infrastructure. Um, economical, I guess, structures that will allow us to share those resources for and ultimately share the um, equipment that we will eventually get in for our farmers in the area, our community members who will use these assets that were brought in by the Ben initiative. So that's something that, you know, we, we as the Ben initiative will continue to strive in, oh. and so just to give a little bit more in-depth on then initiative so so the birth part of it is the the increased access to cradle boards for safe sleep uh train early childhood providers on the benefits of cradle boards and that's just it goes to you know how you can have a safe sleep with your child and and uh that will dramatically decrease SIDS um and you know that's I think we feel that's something that's very important a tool that we use in our in our community of the NABA people. Um increase access to Safe traditional home birth. Um, that's something that we know is, is you know, very rare to happen due to gestational diabetes. So uh, diabetes, uh, just you know, all these different types of health ailments the mother may, may go through just before labor that will prevent her from um, getting that care and, and need. And then um, increase exclusive breastfeeding, which is a, is a co-role uh, for both parents you know, the father can come in and support. Um, the mother is there, you know, trying to get the child to latch. Uh, and some, and for ourselves, you know, our experiences, you know, we, our son never never latched officially. So, you know, mom was up pumping, you know, giving him the bottle and, you know, that's where I would come in in order to help her. So, um, you know, that's a team a, a effort. That's something that we realized is, you know, we, we wanted that dynamic, um, that balance, especially. So, nutrition is farm to table cooking classes on site at the farm, uh, land based learning initiatives for early childhood programs, um, training for early childhood um, professionals on indigenous nutrition. And then we just partner up with the Navajo Registered Dietitian, and she has her master's in public health. So, you know, getting all of these gears um, in working order together. So, and then environment. Um, increased number of indigenous farmers certified with WIC, SNAP, New Mexico Grown, Head Starts, being able to be certified in order to get farm to table access, increase that. Um, assist indigenous farmers with securing land, uh, shared equipment, and required uh, trainings to see how we can sell to schools, Head Starts, childcare facilities on and off the Navajo Nation. So that's uh, some, a very big work that we have on as a been initiative.
1: That is so cool. So while you were talking then we got to see your adorable son on screen for a moment there and we can hear him chattering as as toddlers do. Um, so knowing that you got into this work as a relatively new father and now are managing an adorable. Uh-huh. Life, I'm hoping you can talk a little bit about what fatherhood means to you and the uh-huh. Navajo rites of passage that help young people grow and prepare to grow into these parenting roles, and just your reflections on fatherhood, we'd love to hear.
2: Well, I think that's a very important issue for, you know, just not only myself, but like a lot of fathers, um, and, so, and I think that's something that, you know, is really drawn to how the stereotypes that were created off of Western culture, Western um, patriarchy. Um, and how that was assimilated into our culture as a Navajo, our culture as BIPOC communities. And, you know, this is for myself and my wife, we wanted to dismantle those, that gentrification, that systems of oppression by allowing us to be fluid in our roles rather than, oh, you're a male, you go and you make the bacon and you come on home and, you know, you put the pants in the house. Um, understanding that you know she is a birth, um, she gives life, and so you know being able to create and give life, and from my understanding, you know I need to provide and support that, and she will do, uh, well not she will do, but she she goes through these changes, you know these these unknown changes for her as a first-time mother as well. Being able to you know, go through these biochemical, um, spiritual physical changes in order to give birth to our uh, life. And so, you know, myself, i was like, okay, how can I prepare myself as a father in order to get on her level of change? And I realized, like, you know, that takes a lot more work, especially mentally. Um, you know, you're, you're going through all these different challenges of, of being a male, first and foremost, um, and something that you have to be very disciplined in. And that's something that made me realize, like, you know, I want to, grow. I want to grow into a better partner, which will allow me to grow into a better father. And I, I look back to my past influences of father figures, mentors, and, um, you know, and to dissect that in order to um, filter out the the positive um, influences from the negative influences that. Positive traumas from the bad traumas, and being able to balance that out in my own mindset while my wife is pregnant, and, and again, really prepping myself mentally in order to do this this role as a father. And a lot of it was also um, the help of the cradleboard um, philosophy, um, which is something that is is very important in, in our culture, but it's not very much kindness And so I wanted to practice that. I wanted to provide a a way that you know we can, and this was one of those ways of actually physically preparing myself for it. Um, and so myself, I went out, established a cradle board by, you know, hunting um, a deer, using tanning the hide, um, preparing the straps on the cradle board using that deer hide, um, going out and harvesting the tree. But when you harvest it, you pray to the tree, you say, "Yeah, thank you for allowing me to." use this tree in order that, you know, it will protect my, my son when they're sleeping, protect my son while uh, from any physical hurts, uh, you know, falling over, you know, and then also realizing that, you know, it builds muscle memory, um, you know, when they are moving around their head and they're you know, tied up into this cradle board, which also makes initiating um, and, and that connection of breastfeeding much more easier. And so all of these things came into my mind and were flooding my mind. And we took birth classes, Western uh, educational classes of birth, birthing. And I thought that was very important to get both perspectives of not just saying, oh, I'm Navajo. I'm going to do it Navajo way. When, when we're already colonized, we're already in this Western way of, of thinking. So, you know, instead of accepting that, I still want to be able to practice who I am, what I'm about in my culture and raise my son in that. So by doing that, we were able to have an at-home Hogan birth, a traditional birth. So, you know, again, that's what allowed me to prepare myself as a father. And, you know, I think that's something that you know, a lot of young parents don't have access to because they have access to primary care, uh, IHS, Indian Health Service, you know, just the, the, the Western institutions is what they have access to. And that's not BIPOC friendly. That's not indigenous friendly. And because those were created by white women and white women of and, and they then bring in colored blankets in order to say, okay, this is, you know, we've created this system, but how can we make it a little bit more friendlier for you, but we're still going to go by our structure. And so because of that, you know, I feel that's why a lot of our indigenous communities don't have that immediate Services or resources, or and especially support in at home birth, and so I think that's very important in in the developmental stages of of children is to birth them in that type of environment because your child is a product of the environment. So why don't we change that environment? And that's what my wife and I are slowly um, working on by bitty baby foods, by providing that food access, by the Ben initiative, by focusing. On maternal health and and, and keeping it indigenously tailored while still having farmer resources um, and that just is is something that you know we feel is very important to reestablish humanity back into our um, cultures and societies.
1: Thank you. I think it all comes together when you describe those values and the work you've done to remain true to your cultural history while recognizing the surrounding environment
0: as well. So Zach, I am looking forward to learning more about your initiatives and your work in the Navajo Nation. What do you think the secret sauce is to making a community a great place to raise a child?
2: Thanks for me. Um, that's kind of like a really question because that's what we're focused on right now and, and it's gonna take some time time definitely time in order to string the past leave it here in the present and that will eventually make us stronger for the future um and the sauce is something that takes a lot of ingredients <laughs> in order to create the sauce and uh I think uh right now we're just putting the ingredients together And I would say right now just to be be, stay informed with BD Baby Foods. (laughs) And uh, because we're making that sauce right now. But ultimately, I think that's it. I just go back to that one saying, you know, if your child is a product of the environment, why don't we change that environment? Because their peers will begin to change. Those parents will begin to change. Those providers will begin to change and have that all that same connected uh, perspective of, of the world. And so, you know, why don't we start by changing our environment and how our our children interact with the world, with each other, most importantly. And it starts as parents. And I think that's, you know, a, a start for the start to the secret Sauce. And I know we're working on it right now. So if you come back in a couple of years, you know, we'll probably be, uh, it'll be on simmer, ready to serve. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's... Uh, you know, again, just uh, really um, think about your perspective as a parent, what you want to change and what, how you want your child to perceive the world with open arms. And, uh, you know, that's something that we, we have that, we have that um, magic as parents in order to do so. so. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Zach. And thanks to your son, too, for his contributions. Um, and thank you, everyone, for listening to The New Neighborhood. Be sure to check out the show notes for links and additional information about some of the things that we talked about today. And please subscribe to the podcast and catch our next episode for more insights into how communities are coming together to create new neighborhoods and support early learning and development. This limited series podcast is a production of the Center for the Study of Social Policy. For more information or to contact us, visit us online at cssp.org.